it just made all the all the late nights of waitressing and until midnight and then getting up at six and galloping horses it just made all of that just so worth it for me you know it's been a long it's been a really really long road I'll tell you that but um I I wouldn't change any of it Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And thanks again to our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Karen, what are we highlighting this week? This week, we have Cowboy Magic's Green Spot Remover. Yeah, the shower in a bottle, Karen. Oh, yeah. It's the best. The best. And it's the best because it removes manure and urine spots instantly. Yep. So no need to wash your whole horse. No. You bring the horse out of the field. You bring the horse out of the stall. You see, they were took a little nappy poo. <laughs> In the poo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it breaks down the four molecules and dissolves the manure, urine, dirt, and sweat by melting them away. Yep. All you do. Spray a little on, use a wet towel to kind of activate it, agitate it in there, take it off with a dry towel, buff it up, it'll come up nice and shiny, voila. And it only takes a small amount. Only takes a small amount. Just a small amount. But speaking of amounts, it comes in 16, 32 ounce, and a gallon. So again, might as well just go for the whole gallon, right? Go for the whole gallon, because you're going to need it. (laughs) You're going to need it. Once you start using it, you're going to say, hey, I don't need to wash the whole horse to get out the little spots and stains. Right. So great for a sale barn. Great if you're going out for that trail ride. You just want to make sure you don't look like you guys came out with a, an unkept horse. You know what right. I mean, Karen? So keeping in the trailer for show day. What else can go? You know, what, what else could you ask for? Right, Karen? Uh, nothing else. So find Cowboy Magic at your favorite retailer. Protect your horse this winter with the Ice Turtle Blanket from Turtleneck. It's their very best turnout with insulated belly flaps for added warmth and protection. And it has ring and clip front closure combined with double Velcro front flap. Yeah, so for fitting instructions and temperature guidelines, as well as all the other information that you would ever want, go to turtleneck.biz. That's turtleneck.biz to get information on the Ice Turtle by Turtleneck. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website i encourage everyone to get over there check out triple crown feeds website check out the different products check out what makes them so special and give them a shot right here oh yeah support the people to support the show when it comes to insurance there's only one person to call to cover all of your insurance needs whether it's for your horse your farm your home or business trish scott has you covered her number is 484-319-8923. Trish was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago. We were talking about insurance. And after talking to her, it really got me thinking, I am not fully insured. I got insurance, yeah, but I'm not properly insured. So think about this. Do you have TAC? 
Is your horse insured? Is your trailer insured? Do you have rental insurance? If you teach, do you have insurance in case someone gets hurt while you're teaching them, whether on your property or off? These are all some serious, serious things to think about. If you have any questions about if you are properly insured, just give Trish a call at 484-319-8923 to discuss your plan and she'll look it over and she'll tell you if you're properly insured. So give her a ring, 484-319-8923 and tell her Karen and Rob from Major League Eventing sent you. I had to expand my Fairfax and Favor collection and get a pair of new tassels to go with my tall tan Regina boots. I got the navy blue and I also got a Fairfax and Favor belt to match my boots and wore them the past weekend and I got nothing but compliments from everyone who saw me wanting to know where to get them. So go ahead, go to fairfaxandfavor.com. Check out everything they have. You got to look at the purses, the belts, the boots. You won't regret it. So thank you, Fairfax and Favor, for everything you do. This episode is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. To learn more about Red and Goat, visit their Facebook and Instagram pages and go to redandgoatequestrian.com. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, super excited for today's Major League Eventing podcast. Yeah, exciting. So today we have a seven-time Land Rover Kentucky, then Rolex Kentucky rider, Pan Am Games. She represented the U.S. in the Pan Am Games. And now you might recognize this voice, Karen, on your on your favorite live stream. Uh, welcome to the show, Holly Hutzbeth. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me tonight. There's that yeah. voice, there Karen. She got there the golden pipes. <laughs> you, I, I, I got to be honest. So we, um, you know, we're watching the live stream over the weekend and you were doing the, the Grand Prix eventing. Um, fantastic job down there in Aiken over mm-hmm. the weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, man, she can, she's got a great voice. So you do a fantastic yes, job do. all weekend long. So thank you so much for that. And we really enjoy it. And we were like, man, we got to get Holly. And we've never had her on. So this was, um, a, we're so excited to have you. And I love her voice. Karen. I, I think know. You got a great too. announcing voice. I don't know <laughs> if you mean to or what, but it's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So we'll get more into the announcing. Cause yes, we will. I got to know yeah, all about that. Yes, yes. We tried it once and we're terrible. So <laughs> yeah. we've never been asked back again. <laughs> I think maybe once, but it was like, nah, we're retired. Yeah, from I'm good. Karen's definitely good. I would do it, but I'm just like the, I'm not a, uh, I'm no writer. So I'm just there to chat. You know, I'm more mm-hmm. of just a chatty boy. So we're, we're you're coming to us by Zoom. Where are you coming to us from? Where are you at right now? In Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Raleigh. Very yeah. nice. I got some family in Raleigh, Karen. You do? Yeah. Okay. My cousin Darlene. Oh, and her family. that's right. That's right. Yes. I forgot. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The good area. It is. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on. We have so much to talk about, Karen. Mm-hmm. So, what do you say we get this party started? Let's honey? get it started. So, Holly, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding? Yeah. So, I grew up in Minnesota. Went to high school there. Went to college there. Um, always loved horses. My entire life as a kid, wanted one, and I ended up getting my first horse when I was nine, which is really kind of fun because my daughter got her first pony when she turned nine. 
Um, and it was really neat. I remember going to the barn that day and my mom had this big sign made that said, take good care of me and be kind and your love will be returned. Duke, Holly, nine years old. So I made a sign similar when my daughter turned nine, big poster that says, take good care of me and be kind and your love will be returned cookie. And she got cookie. So it's really kind of fun. So just, yeah, grew up in Minnesota riding. We didn't have an indoor riding in the snow banks and pulling tubes behind horses and Yep, the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, your daughter's she's definitely yeah. adorable. And the pony's adorable. They got the total package there. <laughs> yeah, so very cute. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you skipped a whole bunch of stuff there. So you you went straight from right into snowbanks to Land Rover, Kentucky. So we gotta get to how, <laughs> how does a girl get from from point A to point B to where to to to, to at least to that point? Like did you oh gosh, is there much eventing out there? Like how, how do you get into there, it? There there's a little bit of eventing, not much. I'll tell you, it was a long road. So, you know, I, I competed all through, you know, junior high, high school. When I went to college, I did take a bit of a break. I wanted to live the, you know, do the college life. Um, I graduated from St. Olaf and my stepmom was walking around Lake of the Isles with a, with a couple friends. And she says, we bought this farm in Orno. I don't know what to do with it. It's got an indoor, a barn rings. And she called me up and I said, oh gosh, maybe I should start a business. I had zero clue on how to do any of that. Um, but I, and I taught through pony club and things like that and did some lessons here and there. So I started back up a farm called Vector Run in Orno, um, Minnesota. And I was running this barn, and at the time, this horse came into the barn owned by somebody else named Waj Mirage, which will end up being my first Rolex horse or Land Rover horse. I'm still back in the Rolex phase. Um, and so I took that horse from off the track, and he basically won everything in Minnesota. And I was getting ready to go intermediate, and I this was a couple of years after I'd opened the barn, and I said to myself, you know what? I just had this burning desire to go and compete with the big, not the big name trainers. And I decided to go and do that. And Ralph Hill at the time would come in and do clinics in Minnesota. So I called him up and I said, Hey, could I come down and maybe train with you and, you know, expand my knowledge of eventing and cause I want to go advance one day. And I packed up my Jeep Cherokee, my dog, all my worldly possessions in a tiny little U-Haul. And I went to Ocala and I went, I had one of my friends come in to take over my business at Vector Run and I moved down there and it, it was tough. I mean, I had to figure out a way to make it work out because I was not independently wealthy. I didn't have big backers. My family didn't pay for anything. So I ended up galloping racehorses for a long time in the morning and I would then go work at Ralph's barn. And then my friend, Sarah Hadraba and I, um, we would go from track to track at, in the evening and we'd pull mains for $10 a main pull. So we figured out how to make it work. And I remember calling my dad one time and I said, dad, I need some money. I need clothes. Like, this is just really a tough life. And he's like, Holly, it's, you know, this was your choice. You're going to have to sort it out. And part of me at the time was very upset, but I'm kind of glad he did that. And I, I had to figure out a way to make it work. So Wazi was down in Florida, ended up going intermediate, then going through advanced. He was hugely successful. Um, I took him to Kentucky. Uh, he had a double clear cross country. That was when it was a three-star still. So it was the first year, it was in 99 when it was a three-star. And then they introduced the four-star um, and had a great finish. And so that's kind of that was kind of the launch of you know my, my career. 
Hmm. And so you're working for Mr. Hill. Is that, or, or are you, are, were you um, like a working student or were you paying like board? Like how, how did that kind of work out for you? Yeah, I was a working student. And how so I would gallop. Oh gosh. Um, I was there for maybe a year and a half. And then when Wazi did really well, I got put on the developing, what was called at that time, the developing rider list. And Karen and David O'Connor came to Ocala. At, it was at Longwood Farm. Betsy Watkins is funny because she owns Longwood Farms. And so she's a friend of mine from Minnesota. She owns Longwood Farm North and Longwood Farm South. So I've known her. We actually talk on the phone maybe every two weeks. So I've known her for the longest time. And it's funny because her son, Joe, now is doing all the footing all the arenas so he did the foot the arena at the Aiken showcase and so he's the one who does all so it's kind of funny how this has all kind of come around but um you know I was with Ralph and then Karen and David came into the clinic and I just that was uh, that was my niche that that was I just I love their teaching style I loved you know their presence their background where their vision was it was more kind of my what I wanted. Um, so I ended up after that Kentucky, I went to ride with them and I became their, one of their riders. So when they would go to the Olympic games and go to the worlds or whatnot, I would compete their horses for them and help, help ride basically and kind of keep the horses going when they were on the road. Wow. Hmm. Man. Oh man. And then you eventually even went now, like if I'm not mistaken, you went and even did some time with, uh, with big Phil, right? Is that, Yep. Yep. So I was with the Connors for, for a while, um, which was just, which was great. I mean, I learned, oh my gosh, so much. Um, and yeah. And so then, you know, when the Connors spent more time kind of down in Ocala, I was in North Carolina and it was really tough, honestly, moving twice a year. I mean, all the money you make when you're at one location, then you go down to Florida. I mean, it just got to be really tough. So I was more feasible for me to drive up. So I wrote with Phil for, um, for a long, long time. He was kind of the last main guy that I or trainer that I rode with. Was that a true spot prospect in Pennsylvania or was that when he was in Aiken? Both. Oh, Both. Okay. Oh, okay. So you traveled. How long are you with him? Well, since, um, since I left the O'Connors, Oh gosh, that was have been uh, 2003 till I was done with Stewie in 2012. Oh, wow. Oh, so a long geez. time. Yeah. 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 Very long time. But there were periods in my career where like I, you know, didn't have a horse at that level. So there was a fair pair, you know, I, I had been while like tried to take advance and it was not hugely successful. And then at that point, Stewie was maybe going preliminary. So it took me a few years to develop him along those lines and um, took a, like a year break when I had Haley and then went back to it. Wow. So, so yeah, I, I was, did a bunch, did a bunch with him and I just, I liked, I mean, I, I learned something from all the people that I've ridden with. I'm so fortunate to have the background that I do. Um, I just felt Phil was great for me because he pushed me like no one's business. Like when I had Lester Piggott and went to Kentucky and Lester Piggott was oh such a sweet horse, but 17, two big, heavy horse. And I jumped around clean. I had 10 time faults and I was ecstatic. I was like over the moon. And first thing Philip said to me, he said, I did two long ways and I still went faster than you. He's like, you need to go faster. I was like, Whoa. Um, but it was good. You know, it's like, somebody to put that pressure on you and the way that you schooled at home before you went to Land Rover. I mean, the things we would jump, I was like, I can't, what? I'm going to kill myself. I can't do that. I mean, this, but by the time you get there, you're like, I can do all of this because we just did this in the ring last week. So I, I like that. Um, I like that push from him. Yeah. I remember the first time 
I drove on the True Prospects property, and I think it was over the winter. Philip was away, and we were there. I think Sally Lofting would move in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing some of these like giant logs and stuff, like what appear to be like just in random spots or on the parking lot or next to the. And you're like, hold on, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's why he can do it. Like, that's just next to the ring. It's like it's no big deal when they got this giant yeah. like, tree. I don't even know they. It was like it looked like a redwood or something <laughs> huge, you know. <laughs> Well, and it was funny because I remember before one Land Rover, uh, Mara, Mara Dupree and I were having a lesson. It was in two prospects indoor because it was just pouring rain. And I was on Damien and Philip had set up this oxer bounce at the far end of the ring. So when you jumped the bounce, you literally like had one stride to turn you'd run into the wall, right? So he said, I want you to come around the turn. And I want you to gallop down the long side as fast as you can and put your hands down and let the horse pop through the bounce. I'm like, ah. What? I might I looked at Mara and she looked at me. She's like, I don't think he's kidding. I'm like, oh my God. So I went around and came down on Damien, who was wild as it was. I mean, the thing was nuts. And I mean, I took that stuff out by the roots, like rails flying, standards flying. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he's like, perfect. Come around, do it again. But he just has a way of like tuning you and the horse up at home without getting anybody hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because the fences fell down. And so he's like, he has to, you're, you're protecting him too much, which is a downfall of my training. Like I want it to be perfect at home all the time. Oh, I need to place the horse. I need to do this. He's like, no, you can't do that. When you're in Kentucky and the horse is tired or you miss and you're going fast and you make a mistake, they have to figure it out. And he's right. And I ended up that, that I, we were eight that year in, at Land Rover when we went. Wow. And I was so grateful for though that experience and that, wow. you know, education from him. That's so cool. You know, it's, it's interesting as we do the show, we, 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 you know, we learned about new people that like have came up through like Philip and I yeah. had, I mean, I knew of, I guess more of the recent people, the Ryan Woods, the Jane yeah, Brannigan's, Emily the, the Emily's, but you know, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Now you just mentioned Mara was there and uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's just so cool. Yeah, it is. So who's who comes up through there <laughs> someday I would like to do, and I, it's not possible because people do jump trainers a little bit, but it'd be fun to see like, almost like a, like a trainer tree, like a, like, like kind of like a family tree of trainers, like who came yeah. up through the Philip Dutton yeah. program, who came up through the O'Connors and I don't know, it just would be yeah. kind of cool. So, and I was, yeah, when I started with, when I, I started with the O'Connor, there was a lot of, a lot of us there. I know, uh, you know, Will Coleman and Allison Springer and Lyndon Weissman and myself and Priscilla Hublitzel and gosh, I kept trying to think who else was there. Jody Plato. I mean, so many of us, I remember Liza Haran, we would all be in you know, Florida together. And I just think back to all the people that I would do lessons with Clark Montgomery. Um, you know, it's, it's really neat and it's just, it's a lot of fun and it's fun to watch people kind of branch off. Some people quit, some people go on, some people start their own business. Some people don't. I mean, it's just, it's really neat to kind of watch everybody kind of then pick off and go in different, um, you know, areas. Yeah. yeah. And you were with the O'Connors in their prime and Philip's prime. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. Philip's still in his prime. prime Philip, no, no, he's had the, yeah. he's had the longest prime of anyone in history. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the guy is definitely a legend. So, uh, you know, you've right around, you, you, you were into Pan Am games. Can you tell us a little bit about your Pan Am experience? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, that was a horse, Lester Piggott. Um, and I got Lester Piggott. Um, so after I had watched Mirage and we went to Kentucky, we were very successful. His owner decided to sell the horse and kind of cash in and get out, um, which, you know, it's his horse, his choice and, you know, to be respected. So I was in Middleburg 
with the O'Connors and I was still doing the same thing. I was galloping racehorses in the morning. I was riding and then I was waitressing at the Black Coffee Bistro because I part of my thing was to make the, pay the horses bills, right? So I was working and Wazi ended up leaving to be sold and I was devastated. And so I'm at the Black Coffee Bistro, which I'm a terrible waitress. I hate it. I didn't care. I don't care what wine pairs with what food. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I just... <laughs> Anyway, so I'm, I'm, you know, have my tie on my white shirt, my black pants and, and um, the Ben Doves, who are one of the most probably famous racehorse owners in that area. And then Marie and Bernardo Peace Course were having dinner. So I'm serving them dinner and they're asking me, you know, what do I do? And I said, well, I'm an event rider, but I'm, you know, I'm out on my horse left. And I'm, you know, trying to find a horse or I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I, mean, I went out there for this horse and then I didn't have the horse any longer. So it was awful. And Bernardo Peace Course says, well, I've got this big 17 hand, you know, 17 two hand Irish store red trocaner. It's been eliminated as last two events. If you want to take a crack at it, you can take a crack at it. Here's my number. I was like, okay. So I called him the next day. I don't think he called me back for like three days. So he, he laughs to this day. And it's funny because he just, we just talked like a couple of weeks ago and he's like, you are so persistent. And I, he's like, so I finally, you know, called you back. So I went and rot, tried Lester and it was fine. And, you know, I was going to make it work. One of us was going to die trying because it's all that I had. So Lester's problem was he wouldn't do water. And I was galloping for a guy named Dougie Fout. Dougie Fout is Nina Fout's brother. Remember Nina Fout who used yeah. to ride three magic beans? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I said, Dougie, I need your advice on this horse. Cause Dougie was a really, he's a really good horseman. So he's like, let's go take the horse out. So we took him out and the horse, Lester was just slam on the brakes and get angry. He's like, do not hit this horse. Do not get up. And like, he's had someone kind of get up its case a fair bit. So you got to figure something else out. So there were all these river crossings. The horse wouldn't do water basically. I mean, he jumped everything in the world. He was a great jumper, but he would not go into water. So Dougie said, you take the next two months. I went and stood that horse in every creek I could find, every water crossing every, for two months straight. And then I took it to its first event and it went into the water at Novice. I was like, oh. So it went right up to training. Cause again, the horse had done, you know, the four, six jumpers. So the horse knew how to jump. And I did one training on it and then took it preliminary. So the horse ended up actually then going all the way to the Pan American Games, which is so crazy to me. Um, but I, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And so I remember being shortlisted and um, we had our final outing, the selection at, it was at Carolina Horse Park. And it was the same weekend that my brother was getting married. And so I talked to Peter Green was our selector at the time. And I said, Peter, um, my brother's getting married. And I've got to go to his wedding. Can I, can I do the cross country like on Friday? Can I come back and do, I mean, is there something I can do so I can go to this wedding? He said, uh, no, he's like, you don't want to go. Someone will be glad to take your place. And I was like, oh my God. So I called my dad and I said, dad, I have a little bit of a situation. I, I've, you know, I've worked my whole life to go here and Brian's getting married. And I said, what should I do? He's like, you need to call your brother. It's like, okay. So I call my brother and he's like, look, I'm going to let you off the hook, but here's the catch. You better make it. Uh And I was like, noted. (laughs) <laughs> no stress so we were at the final outing and i was like oh, i have to get it done i have to do it i've got in and i ended up fifth and ended up um getting that call we had the vet vetting or the vet work done on the horses like the next like monday and tuesday and i think they let us know later on that week and i remember getting the call from jim wolf and he's like congratulations and i just like i freaked out i was just i mean 
it just made all the all the late nights of waitressing and until midnight and then getting up at six and galloping horses it just made all of that just so worth it for me you know it's been a long, it's been a really really long road i'll tell you that but um i i wouldn't change any of it wow that's mm. incredible i love hearing these stories i do too it's so cool waiting waiting tables so here you are, you have your, your four-star rider at the time, waiting your tables. And that's so, you know, it's just amazing how things can work out like that. You know, mm-hmm. just your own, somebody put you on the shift that night and then they mm-hmm. were like, this girl's clearly not a regular good waitress. So she's got to have another thing. To follow. <laughs> so maybe she does something. I hope she has another job besides waitressing. And then it turns out you are. <laughs> and it's so funny because it was a high-end restaurant in Middleburg. You know, I, I go bigger, go home. Like, I don't like to do anything in moderation, everything in excess, you know? So I'm like, oh, what's the most expensive restaurant? I'll go try to work there. Like, you need a tie. You need to know this pairs with this. I'm just like. <laughs> but the tabs are big. I'm like, I'll, I'll bring box wine. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the tabs are big, which equals more money per you know per table. So you got to got to maximize your your right. time. You know who else was a bad waitress? Yeah. Me. She was sitting. There. <laughs> I was not good at all. No. Karen once served the diner uh, the co- orange juice concentrate. Yeah. Instead. Oops. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I didn't know. They were probably like, oh, yeah. Well, so she worked for a small little little cafe, yeah. And it was just like the 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 cook, the chef, owner, and like it would be like two of you girls working. If that, yeah. And then like one day he just picked up and just left you guys be, yeah, with like diners, yeah. So you guys like one one guy. He was he was the cook (laughs) and the owner, and he he said, "I'm going to get ice," and he didn't come back for hours. So, so, they were left to- so the kid who was washing dishes, he's like, "Well, I know how to do burgers, <laughs> so that's what we served." And that's when you oh, that's the, uh, so the funny! Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. those it. diners got quite the experience. That yeah, day. yes, they, they the, did. The, the, the dishwasher <laughs> and <laughs> and you, right? Concentrated uh, orange. Juice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but I love uh, that. I love your story. It's yeah. you know. You just you just made 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 it happen. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then when you went to the Pan Am Games, what was that like? Just uh, what's that experience like? Where where now? Oh, it was so cool. It's just you know when you they fit, get your horses measurements and your measurements, and then you get to go and you get your trunk and you pull out all the USA wear. It's just really cool. And at the time, they used to remember when they'd have the silk helmet covers and you time on the front. Yeah. And so whenever you'd use the helmet cover, you take a pen and you'd sign your name on the inside. So I remember I had Nina Fouts and I forgot who else I have, but I would open my helmet cover and I could see all the names who had worn it in previous like Olympics and world, oh, you know, championship. Wow. That's yeah. Really it was cool. really neat. No, I didn't yeah. They didn't even let you keep your helmet covered. Is. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I could have hawked it in a heartbeat if I could have. <laughs> <laughs> She's thinking this is worth some money. <laughs> I know. Um, but it, yeah, that was, that was just, you know, the first like team, team experience. And it was just really, um, oh gosh, it was just really neat. Who was on the squad with you? Let's see. Will Faudry was there. Darren Cha-Cha. Um, uh, Jan Benny, which was Jan Thompson at the time. Uh, Bobby Costello. I think Karen O'Connor. Yeah, there was that was when we could have like a team and individuals and all that. Oh, so wow. it was really it was because it was at Fairhill that year. Do you remember that? That was yes. 2003. Yeah. So I remember we were at the fall Fairhill and then they announced that the Pan Ams were coming. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
That was super exciting. That was, yeah. Wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then were, were you working for Karen at the time? Was this before or after, during when you were working? That was right after. I was with Philip at the time. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. That's so mm, cool yeah. to think you're on like a team with, or, you know, or competing, you know, representing the country with your, you know, your longtime coach. And that's a, or, you know, that's awesome. I just mm-hmm. think that's incredible. Yes. No, it's awesome. And I've stayed good friends with Karen, you know, since, and, you know, it's, it's when you, when you kind of have a good relationship with the people you've worked with, you know, you, you're always going to be involved, you know, even when I was somewhere at a show, Ryan Philip, I'd walk up to, you know, Karen, he, what do you think of this? I mean, that's, that's the neat part about, you know, our sport is it's, you're, you're so fairly intertwined and you see each other and whether you're with somebody or not, you know, you still wish them the best and support each other. So I still have a great relationship with her. Awesome. Yeah. So now you were with Philip for a long, long time. Uh, so when you finally set out on your own, uh, mm-hmm. well, you had, you had a lot of time under your belt. Like you, you definitely weren't, you know, 20. Well, it's kind of funny. You set out on your own at, I guess I'm, I'm guessing around 22, 23 at the home farm. But then when you went to go start working and riding for people, then you were like another decade before you went back out on your own again. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, you had, I had, a felt like I had to prove myself a little bit, like take some of these horses. So when I started riding Lester Piggott was, that was when I finally started to charge a little bit. And I had Lester and Damien at the same time. And I was like, well, I'll charge, you know, X amount. And so what I did was when I, I rented farms, um, you know, I was able to, I boarded the horses and whatnot. And then I would be like, Oh, by the way, here's the training. Here's the training fee. And you pay the shipping and the horse shows and whatnot. So you start to kind of develop it that way. I mean, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow process. I mean, it's really hard to jump into this business and cause it's, it's expensive. I mean, this is a luxury sport, let's face it. And it's hard for people to say, Oh, I'm going to give you this much money for board and, you know, horse shows. I mean, the horse shows nowadays are they're It's expensive. And yeah. Yeah. so it, it, it takes a while to kind of prove yourself and to go out. And then I was able to start, Oh, can you ride my horse? And then you start teaching more. So I was at a, point where I was, I had a lot of horses. I remember having, I think three advanced or and two intermediate or maybe three intermediate two advanced. And I was just doing that. And now it's, it's funny how like as time evolves and I'm not at competing at that level. Now I'm, you know, I have a ton of clients now and I'm competing Anna D. I competed her a couple of years ago for Cindy. Cindy's getting her knees done. And this is a horse that's going to eventually go to my daughter, Haley. So I'm taking, I'm competing at training level this, this, um, this year. And then Haley will hopefully take her over next year sometime. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Is competing, uh, at the lower levels, is that, was that strategic or, or was that just cause you picked up so many students? Like, can you tell us a little bit about like the current business and like how you kind of got from riding, you know, as a five-star rider, a team rider, and to where you're primarily coaching and, and, you know, riding a horse at training. Yeah. So after I had Haley, so I did Kentucky in 2010, I had Haley in 2011, went back to Kentucky in 2012. And that was my vision was to keep doing this. Um, my family is not here and it just, it became, I've always wanted to be a mom really, really badly. And it became too much for me. I don't like to do anything like I mentioned earlier, like half throttle. I mean, when I'm training and I'm going getting ready for the shows, like I remember taking the horses up to the O'Connors or to, to Phillips. And I would spend that time. And when you have a baby and a newborn on the road, you couldn't do it. And I remember pulling her out of her crib at three in the morning and like putting her in the car seat and driving up with the rig and going to the shows. It, it was, 
it just became a lot. And I'll tell you my breaking point when I realized it was time for me to not compete at the upper levels anymore was I had my clients and Stu and another young horse at, um, in Aiken at, um, jump, not jumping branch. What's the other one? Um, Oh, full gallop. Okay. And we were there and we had walked the course. We were getting ready to compete the next day. And I think I'd done some of my tests or something. And Haley started to get a little sick. And I was like, oh, honey, just, you know, one of my friend's dads was holding her and I was in the warm up, and I had all of my clients and I was going to compete later on in the day. And her little nose was red and she was bawling and she was sick and her fat head, I knew she had a fever. And I said, I, I can't, I can't do it. I, 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 at that point I was like, this is not, this is not fair. This is not okay because it was too much. And, um, so I talked to Jan Binney and I said, would you take over my clients for the rest of the show? And she said, no problem. And I packed up and I went home and I said, I, I, I need to focus not so much on my riding, but my clients. And then my daughter So that if I'm at a show and I won't have to worry about myself competing anymore, I can still take care of my kid. It, it just, that to me was the point where I said, you know what, Holly, it's time to push in the clutch and to take care of Haley. So I ended up selling, um, Stewie and, you know, I kind of downsized the program a little bit, um, which I ended up getting a ton more clients, you know, I just then did the teaching and whatnot. Um, but then I'm not having to be up and like, Oh gosh, uh, Kentucky's coming up. I have to go trot for 45 minutes and then do a, you know, all these gallops and do all this stuff. Like I don't, I don't have to do any of that anymore. That makes any sense. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so that was it. That was a really, it took me about a year to get over that decision. That was a really tough decision, like going to the big events and watching everybody. And it was really, it was really tough. And so I'm only really competing now because like I said, Cindy got her knees done and Haley's going to take over this horse. So I was like, she's like, will you, you know, I competed her a couple of years ago when she was also dealing with some knee issues. And then she had an issue at the last, at the end of last year, one of the war horses, I didn't even have my stuff. I was like, I had to borrow clothes. I'm like, I'll kick, I'll go run around novice. I just like hopped on the mare. I'm like, and I was like, God, I really like riding this mare. It's so nice. It's just so lovely. So yeah, I've competed her this spring and I'll, I'll finish out the year on her until Haley needs to grow a little bit because the mare is 16 one. So she's, she's still, she's still a work in progress for her. <laughs> Does that get the competitive juices going in your brain a little bit or? Are you, are you content with where you're at with, with, Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely love to do it. I miss a lot of it. I miss, I miss the thrill of pulling into Kentucky, which is so funny because it's like you get there and all you want to do is go home because you're so scared. But then when you're done, it's, it's, it's so much fun. It was funny because John Holling and I remember when it was like the long format. We were talking, this was years ago, he and his wife and I, and I remember just dying laughing. And he's like, it's like Kentucky. It's like, you want to go there. You want to go there so bad. Then you get there and you just, you just want to go home. You're just like, how the hell am I going to get out of here? Right. And um, so then it's like, you know, you do A, B and C right before cross country. So it's like, it's like you hop on this roller coaster and you're going, tick, tick, tick. you know, you're going up to the top, right up to the top. And it's like, you're at the very tip top. And that's like when you're at the 10 minute box and he, John and I were laughing. We're like, you know, it's, Kathy Cohn used to watch the horses, maybe you had to trot the horses up and she'd say, you can go. And then you'd have to tack up and we'd always be like, limp, limp. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you're going to go. And we're like, damn it, I got to go. Um, and then it's like, 
you go over the hump and you're like shoom, down the roller coaster. And that's, that's cross country. Then that's like phase D. And then you finish and it's like so exciting. It's like, you know, when you're on the roller coaster and you're like nervous, and you're scared and you're going up the top and it's slow and you're like, oh my God, when's this thing going to be over? I hate this. And then it's done. And you're like, that was so fun. I want to go again. Right. That's what Kentucky's like. Uh, that's kind of what I could. That yeah. Is awesome. That is. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> I love it. I know. All these episodes in, and we finally got the, an idea of what it feels like to ride right. in Kentucky. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, next time you're on a roller coaster, that's what it's like. Yeah. And I've become a real how, weenie. How can I get off of here without looking like a total chicken? <laughs> I never heard anybody admit that they hoped their horse was just a little off. <laughs> I know. It passed. You're good to go, Holly. I'm like, are you sure? It was a late left from? <laughs> Pull that pebble out of its uh, out of its hoof that you that you put in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, so today, tell us a little bit about what you have going on today as far as your training and all that stuff. Can you tell us like, you know, what's the business look like today for, for you? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm up in Rougemont, North Carolina, which is just north of where I live. Um, and the barn is called Quail Roost and it's owned by Carol Stone. It's a great place. I've been there for 14 years. Um, I teach at another barn named Farintosh on the road as well. But I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of clients there. I've got a bunch of people ship in throughout the week. Um, when I'm doing the shows, I do try to, I, I pretty good at balancing my life out. Um, you know, I did the Aiken showcase. I, I'm competing this coming weekend at Southern Pines one. Then I'm taking like the next weekend off to do like the trolley pubs and stuff with my girlfriends. I, so I do, I do try to have some weekends. I, I, you know, for myself too, cause I'm a very social person and I like to do things. Um, but I do, I, I have, um, I teach, you know, four days a week. Um, and like I said, I rotate the weekends and whatnot, and then take my daughter up and do the, do, um, she rides her pony and we do a lot at the Carolina horse park. It's one of my favorite venues by far. Um, so yeah, and I, I have tried to stay closer to home because my daughter is in school and I do a lot with her. Um, so it's hard for me to, you know, pull her out and travel with her. And what levels of riders are you coaching? I've got everything from people that just ride at home, walk, trot in the ring to uh, Catherine and Alan are getting ready to do three stars this spring. So I've got all levels. And honestly, it's I've never people will call me up and they're like, you know, I only do this and I don't think you want to bother with me. And, And honestly, I don't I don't care what level the people are one bit. As long as they work hard. I do like the people that come consistently. I'd rather have less people that are more consistent than the ones that show up. And I've talked, it's funny. I've talked to other trainers and this is not just me. This happens all over the place. You know, they'll show up once a month and they say, I need to practice my changes. I need to do practice my shoulder in. And it's like, you can't ride the horse straight or put it on the bit. Like we need to do other things. And so I have the most success for the people that I work with every single week, if not every other week. Um, That's my preference. You know, you develop a relationship and you get to know them and the horse and, and it's, you know, it, you wear a lot of hats when you coach, you know, when I'm at the shows, I feel like, you know, there's some that I, that are so competitive, I have to slow down. And there's some, I have to light a fire under in the warm up ring, like, all right, come on, let's go. You know? So it's, it's me getting to know those people and kind of what, how to bring it out of them. It's like what I was saying with Philip, like he's very good. He knew how to bring that competitive side out. Right. And, um, and so that, that, that to me is really kind of, I, I like that part of the coaching and the training and being at the end gate, you know, and it's not always going to go smooth. And I tell people all the time, I said, you know, <clears throat> in 2002, 
I did Kentucky. That it was when it was a monsoon. I don't know if you all remember that. Um, Kentucky. I went to Burley and Fairhill. I did not make it through one three one of those events, not one. And I remember boohooing after Fairhill, and my I talked to my dad, and he's like, "I don't know how you do your sport." He's like, "You know, if I want more money, I just go sell more insurance." He's like, "I don't know how you do it." And I was like, and I boohooed for a couple of weeks, and I was like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm done doing this. This is." I was better than this. I mean, I'd won a few advance. I mean, I was, I was like, I thought I was like on fire. And then all of a sudden I had the worst year. And that was that, that winter, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm better than this. And that then ended up going to the Pan Ams the next year in 2003. So it's just, it's funny how that it all kind of cycles and, and goes through. Yeah. yeah. And then you coached like the young riders for, for years. Do you still coach mm-hmm. them or are you out of the young rider business? No, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I did it for eight years and they, they try to get new people in there, but, but it's really fun. I, I, I did have a really exciting time doing that. And we, I coached up in Canada and when it was at Kentucky, uh, out in Colorado, I mean, Oh, at, um, in Nate, in, um, Illinois, or was it, um, St. James. I can't remember what venue it was in Illinois, but yeah, I did really enjoy that. That was a lot of fun. Wow. And do you ever work with Pony Club at all since you were in Pony Club yourself? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Up, up, up here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah we love Pony Club. Yes, we Pony do. It's good company. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, and then, and so uh, do you still take, you, you, so you still take students, I mean, you're full-time, like not, or I guess four days a week of steady, steady coaching. So that's, that's uh, I guess. Do you still have openings, or are you pretty pretty booked up these days? If someone's looking for for coaching, no, I still I still yeah I still take let people come on in. Gotcha. You know, because sometimes you know it, it's it fluctuates. I mean, I have a lot of kids here now that are in clo- in colleges, and then they'll end up leaving in a couple of years, and you know, or people sell their horses, or so yeah. I mean, I, I we've got we've got our barn is actually full right now, but I have a lot of people that ship in, and then there's other barns in the area. So I'll like I said, I go over to Fair and Tosh and. I've had people ask me to travel to other barns and it's not that I don't want to help them. It's just, I, you know, the, the time I'd, I'll drop off Haley in carpool and then I'll skitty bop up and teach and do all the riding and everything else. And then back, back down to get back down to carpool. You know, I, I, I always think it's, it's, it's very rare that you have, a, you know, a five-star rider who is coaching and, and, and can, and can coach, young people and, and as a coach, not, not still competitively riding. So, and I, I think it's, I just, uh, man, I wish our kids had a five-star rider that like brought them up, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that foundation. So the people who can have an opportunity to ride with somebody like you, uh, who has all that experience to, 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 to lay that foundation for people and take somebody from, from the bottom all the way up. It's just, it, there's not much of that out there. Like there's not many Mm-mm. riders that are doing that. And I think that what, you know, it's, um, it's exciting for me when I hear that. Cause I think, wow, this is, well, I, you know, if I was listening to this right now, I'd be saying, all right, I'm, and if I was like in the Raleigh area, I'd be like, this is it. I'm, I know, <laughs> I know where my, my daughter's going or my son's going. So, or even, you know, if I was an adult amateur and I wanted yeah. to kind of be good, cause you know, you put a lot of hard work into it and yep, you might as well sure be the best you can or mm-hmm. get the best coaching you can. And, and um, well, and you know, it's, you know, we've all been there no matter what level it is, whether you're going into the show jumping, like while stepping into the show jumping at Kentucky with the nerves. And I have some people that's their weakest phase and, and they're just like really nervous. So, it's, you know, I, I can talk to them about all that, you know, and there's a way where you can 
you know, help not just be like, oh, get over it and get in the ring. I mean, that, that doesn't do any good. You know, you say, okay, guess what? It's just me and you. We're at home. Don't think about anybody out there. You know what you're doing. Like we've jumped this at home, you know, and it's because it is a lot of it is a mental mind game and nobody puts more pressure on themselves than the competitive themselves, you know? And, um, but I mean, that, that's kind of what always drove me and that's why it was hard you know, I like competing at the training level, but they're like, when I go to the Aiken showcase, I'm doing the live stream stuff. It's like, you watch it. Oh gosh, you know, you, you just miss that thrill and that, that excitement, but well, I don't miss doing the trot sets in 30 degree rain. I don't miss doing that anymore. <laughs> that I'm good. So talking about the live streams, um, Carolina's coming up. You're through the live stream for Carolina as well. Is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so it started because couple of years ago, Nicole Brown from England, she is just amazing. So she was running the live stream at Carolina. And then they said, Hey, Holly, do you want to um, come on and be like the expert commentator? So then I just, I started doing just some like commentating. So I was her sidekick. And then when COVID hit, this was, I think last year, actually I take that back. My first live stream, it was when I, the Aiken showcase, that was three, not this year, but it was two years prior. Um, and I didn't even know I was doing it. I showed up and, and they had asked me to, you know, kind of run it. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So it was, it's been a bit of a learning curve. But I filled in for Nicole um, last year um, at the Carolina International. And it was a huge undertaking. But because um, Nicole's just so I'm so in awe of her. She's so amazing. But it worked out well. They use a um, it's. Um, oh, gosh. What is that? Um, it's the statistics. Um, the equi ratings. The equi -ratings. Equal ratings, my gosh, you don't. Yes, equal ratings. And it was so fantastic. But I was overwhelmed because when you know it comes up and you're like scrolling through all the information and it updates like every night, like after the tests. Okay, this person now has this percent to win. And it's it's amazing what equal ratings does. It's just phenomenal. So I learned how to do that. And so I did the Carolina um, International last year with that. And then um, I think Nicole was still having a hard time getting over this year. So they asked me to come back again. Um, which I'm really excited and looking forward to in a few weeks time. <laughs> well, we were, we were fans. We were watching, uh, we, we stayed home just to watch the live stream. Yes, streams. we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're those people <laughs> for sure. So we loved hearing you. Um, and that's the most I've heard Philip talk. Yeah. Big Phil was chatty with you. <laughs> I know. It was so funny because. I was, I kept looking at him and then Colby said was her, his ex like groom years ago. That's when I first met him, like right when he came over at True Blue, Blue Girdwood. And she goes, man, Philip was chess. I said, I know I kept looking. I was like, <laughs> what, who's this guy? It was fine. It was really funny, but he was really good. But I'll tell you, working with Lucinda Green and William Fox Pitt, that was, that was really, really, really exciting. And I kept asking William like, Hey, in this movement, like, what are you thinking about here? And I was hoping he stayed longer, but he had to go ride. But, um, that was, that was just spectacular. Yeah. Being able to listen to him and you know what he had to say. I gotta be honest. I thought there was a little bit of tension with Lucinda, just whether it was a three stride or a four stride from the skinny. Up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because she um, WhatsApp me the next day and she said, I feel bad about a couple things. One, I think I was too. Um, I talked over you and wouldn't let you get in the sponsors names. Cause I'm really trying hard to get, it's really right. important for the, that. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And then I kept, and then I was harping on you about the striding in the water, but like I was walking and I walked with Philip and uh, um, with, with Boyd and um, Eric Duvander was there and I was, we were talking about it and because I'm like, yes, 
you have to ride which, what's happening underneath you. But I also have to have a plan. I'm not going to jump in and be like, oh, well, I'll see what happens. I, that's not me. I'm too type A. I'm like, no, if I'm going to get the four, I'm going to kill myself trying to get the four. Like that's, you know, but um, yeah, no, I know. She she was, she was a little fired up. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. I mean, we, we were chuckling about it. Yeah. So it was like, oh, and Boyd and Bruno got perfect threes. Yeah. Yeah. I know he did. I was like, I know. And that was his plan. <laughs> You know, so anyway, it was pretty funny, but I think that's my, you brought, you, you ride to your plan and then you know what, then you might have to improvise, but. Right. I think was, uh, and maybe this is a little off topic, but, or it's definitely off topic, but I think Annie and Bruno Mm -hmm. was, was Annie on Bruno the first time we met Annie? Yes. Is that Bruno? Yes. So, uh, that, that, that was special seeing that. And I know, you know, I don't know if you knew Annie, did you know Annie at all? I did not know her that well. Um, I saw her the first time ride that horse at the Aiken showcase last year that she debuted there. She, um, can I just share this? So I just got to tell you, if, if you don't mind, uh, it's just a little Mm -hmm. something about Annie because Annie is a special girl Mm -hmm. and she was the type of person that when you met her, you just felt like you knew her forever. Mm-hmm. You know, she really was. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm getting a little choked up this time about Annie Karen. I gotta be honest, but cause she was such a nice girl. And we, um, we, we met her. She had a Corgi mm-hmm. Gator. named Gator that came up and greeted us at, in stable view. Well, see, I always wanted a Corgi, but okay. some, someone here was said, no, we're not getting another dog. And then we're at stable view. And here comes this corgi running out of nowhere, yeah, this, this, right to me. Yeah, yeah. And then Annie comes up. We didn't know who Annie was. Yeah, right. And Annie came up, and she was on Bruno, and yep. she was going to get a dressage lesson with Silva. And we just started chatting, and she was just the sweetest person. And unfortunately, Gator had an unfortunate accident and died early. But because of Annie and Gator, we got our corgi. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. then yeah. we started this friendship with Annie. And you know, when we went to Aiken to visit, we would visit Annie at her farm and visit her Corgi. And then her boyfriend got her another Corgi um, mm-hmm. named Cricket. And, you know, she was a great, great person. And it was so, so sad when she was, she was a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. She just, and when she came on the show, she had um, um, rheumatoid arthritis and she shared that. And we didn't even know that. And it was like very inspiring. Cause she had, mm-hmm. and it's debilitating for, for people and she struggled through it. And, and, um, you know, she was just a special person. So for, for, for Boyd to take over the ride on Bruno and then our son works for Boyd. So we've, you know, we saw Bruno when he first got there kind of before it was even public. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause we just would go visit. And all. Mm-hmm. So it was just very special. Annie was a great person. I know anyone that's listening to this that maybe doesn't know Annie, they can listen back to that show, but, um, it, 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 it was special period. But the fact that Annie was such an amazing person and mm-hmm. she was so good for the sport and she was such a good coach. And I just think she has such a bright future and it's just so sad that she's gone and yeah. um, I'm sorry to bring it down, but whew, I just, I had to say it. I haven't, you know, but yeah. anyway, but thank you. That, that was a yeah. wonderful, wonderful job you did. And, yeah. and uh, so Caroline is coming up, Rob, get out of your funk, get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe away your tears, Robbie. And, uh, but no, so wow. so that's going to be the twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. You're yeah. going to be doing the live stream, and uh, yeah. So do you have your 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 co hosts all lined up, or your 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 expert people coming in, or is that something? Oh else? well, yeah. Helen Murray is a good friend of mine, and Jane Murray's daughter, and so she helps line up some people. But it's funny because like I've I've had a few that have joined me throughout the years, 
And some I'm like, oh, I want this one back. This one, not so much, you know, because you need somebody who can like talk and be animated and like jump in there. And sometimes people are really shy and that's not their fault. They're just kind of like little church, you know, but it is not, it's like to ball it. I do like bringing the riders in that have just finished the course or finished their show jump or whatnot and say, Hey, come in. How did this ride? Cause I think people love to hear that. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do, I think a podcast taping, um, with Nicole and Darren from Echo ratings, um, over, I think maybe next on the 21st, I think is when we're going to do that. So that'll be a lot of fun. And Frankie, um, from that helped over at the Aiken, she's out from California. She's going to be, um, coming to Carolina horse park this year as well to do some of the rider interviews. So it's going to be a ton of fun. They do. Have you guys been there to the horse park yet? Yes. Yeah. We're we're not going to be able to go this year. We've been there, but, uh, not this year. We got a a family obligation. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, Hey, you know, Next year we'll be back. Next so, year, Frankie's awesome. Frankie actually sometimes she 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 helps us on do our news and our podcast. Mm-hmm. And also Frankie's a good um, a good friend. Oh, of the show she's and, great. Yeah, and, and all that good stuff. So, well, we're definitely looking forward to it. So we're excited for that too. So yeah. you do a great job. Yeah. Just wanted to say you do a great job because not only are oh, you a, a writer, you. so you 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 know you you got both sides covered. You're great mm-hmm. at commentary. You have a great voice and and uh, I don't know. It's really funny because I tell people all the time, I was like, if someone told me five years ago I was going to be doing it, I'd be like, you're crazy. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, it's funny how you're just like in the booth and then like, oh, will you do a little bit more and a little bit more. And so, and then will you want to run the live stream? I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) How does does that work? (laughs) Bam. Just like that. Well, you do a great job in the show. You sure do. Yeah. All right. So Holly, we're going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Okay. And quick fire questions is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. Rainy season is here, so get your waterproof rain gear by going to redandgoatequestrian.com. That's a tongue twister. twister. All right. So it's five (laughs) questions, and um, you don't have to be quick, but Rob is very strict at grading at the end. I'm very strict. So be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Who was your favorite rider growing up? Favorite rider, um, Ginny Elliott. Very cool. Okay. All right. Ginny uh, Lang. I, some people might know her. Yes. Yeah. All right. What's more nerve wracking, riding a five star cross country course or watching Haley go cross country? Oh my gosh. Probably <laughs> watching her go cross country. I hate I'm a net, I'm a wreck. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is one thing you love about the sport of eventing? Oh goodness, just the resilience in people. For sure, it just it, the resilience. The te- I've had it. You watch it with other people, and it's just you know people come back and work hard every every time that there's a failure. Because I don't care how good you are, people have had more failures and successes in this sport. Yeah. So what is one thing you would change about the sport? I would like to see it maybe a little bit more cost efficient for people. I think it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a new one. That is a good one. Yeah. That is new. Yeah. Well, we're trying to get our whole mission. Like part of our mission is to try to grow and get more outside Mm -hmm. sponsors in. So if we can get more sponsor, more, you know, more money in help defer that cost and, drop entries for, for riders and get prize money up the whole thing. So we're working. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. 
working on. And there's scholarships and stuff too. There's a lot of great places that'll do scholarships for people and, and whatnot. So that's, that's helpful, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's, um, I just know for myself how hard I had to bust my tail, but where there's a will, there's a way, but I'll tell you, I mean, waitressing and galloping. And I mean, I figured it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So last question, if you could ride mm-hmm. any horse past, present or fiction, who would it be? Murphy himself. Ooh. We've had that one a couple of times. That's an excellent answer. Yeah. Have you? It's yeah. It's been a while though. Yeah, it's been a while. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Work. excellent. Oh, it was such a scene. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, Karen, I'm a hard judge, but A plus plus. Definitely. Well a plus done. plus. <laughs> excellent job by you. Super answers. Good job. Very good. Hey, and your first five-star horse, did I read and am I talking about the right horse? That horse is like a thousand dollar horse off the track originally. Yeah, off the right. Yeah, and so was um so was last monarch. They were both a thousand dollars off the race track. Wow. Mm. Incredible. Wow. Well, there you go. That's amazing. That is amazing. Wow. Waiting tables, thousand dollar horse, waiting tables. Where there's a will, there's a way. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love hearing that mm-hmm. type of stuff. I love it because there's so many deep pockets and you feel like you can't compete. And I know, you know, times are a little bit different today, mm-hmm. but there's still thoroughbreds out there competing at the five star level. And, and, uh, I just, I love the fact that to hear that you mm-hmm. know, and maybe give someone some hope out there that doesn't have the big budget, but yeah. they're going to figure out they're, they're not afraid to work hard. So, yeah. Well, with that being said, yeah. do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in the sport? You know, I just think you need to watch and learn as much as you possibly can. And it's funny because when I was in Minnesota, we were going down to Lamplight and that was the first advanced horse trial I'd ever seen in my life. And I remember driving down there, it was seven hours and I was so excited because I got to see an advanced horse and you'd see him walk by and I was just in awe and I, I couldn't get enough of it. And I just watched them all the time and like their tack and everything else. And it's so funny because I have so many people that I, you know, taught throughout the years. I'm like, Hey, Carolina international is coming up. Or we're going to this event. Let's go watch the advanced horses. And they can't be, you know, I don't have some of these people quit riding. You know, they all say they want to be famous. So they know what it takes. Um, and then they don't go and watch them. Like, it's, it's just, it's funny because like, you know, the ones that really have it and the ones that are just saying that they want to just to kind of have their name out there. And, you know, people don't realize, I mean, the O'Connors or, you know, Bruce Davidson or Philip, I mean, first of all, they can all shoe horses, right? They've learned, they've learned how to pull shoes. They've learned how to tack shoes on. I mean, everybody's had been on behind the scenes, but yet what people see is they see the rigs come in with their names on the side. And they think that that's what it's all about. But let me tell you, it, it, it's a lot more than that to get your name on the side of that rig. I mean, it takes a lot more. So I just think, you know, don't turn your nose up. I mean, you should have seen some of the horses I've ridden in my careers. I've ridden Arabians. I've ridden Apple. I mean, everything. And they've all taught me something. I never turned my nose up on anything. I wrote anything and anything I could possibly get my hands on, did as many lessons as I could. I'd watch everybody. Um, and so, you know, you just, you, it's, it's a huge learning curve and you're never too good to stop learning. I love Very it. Very true. Yeah. Great advice. And it seems like the, the better the rider, the more true that is, uh, you know, it seems like it's the, the sometimes that little, local hero or person they're the ones who think that they know it all and everything but they're little big fish little pond as Mm -hmm. opposed to so i think that's fantastic i love it love it love it love it you know that's one thing about boyd i really like boyd's very uh 
very transparent about his coaching. You know, I think more than any other rider, you see Boyd, you know, you're seeing him getting dressage lessons and you see him get show jumping lessons and you'll see, he, you know, you, you, you always see it like during a live stream, if they're walking the course, you see him walking with Duvander, you know, like the guy likes being coached, you know, which I find interesting yeah. um, after all the success, but maybe that's why it's so successful. You know, don't be afraid to yep. get some coaching. Yep. Never so, too good to learn. Never too good to learn. So, Hey, well, um, We'll start winding things down here. Um, we know you're not competing, you know, regular anymore, but we always ask if there's any sponsors or supporters that anyone wants to to shout out. I don't know if you have any that you'd, you'd like to shout out there. Yes, yeah, Segme for sure. They've been a saddle sponsor of mine for a long time. Vincent is just fantastic. So very cool. Segme awesome. is great. Segme. Yeah. I got to try that. They're beautiful saddles. Yeah. Karen. Gotta look nice. into them. Yeah, we do. Got to check them out. Yeah. So final question. How mm -hmm. do we follow along? Do you have any social media website or anything like that? So I've just, yeah, I have Holly Husband the Benting on Facebook. So that, that is my page on there. And I had a website for a long time, but the Facebook page is so much easier because I can do my pictures and uh, get it out there just a lot, a lot quicker. Yeah, so for sure. that's what, that's what I've been using. Very cool. Awesome. And do people, if, if people want to contact you about coaching or, or anything like that, uh, can they just contact you through that page there? Oh, absolutely. Anybody can message me. I'm, you know, cause I've been also contributing to the ride IQ app, which is a new app that's been out, which is really neat. And it's been so much fun because I've had people private message me all the time. Like, I love this exercise. Can you explain this? And it's, it's fun. You know, I mean, it's, it's a great app for people to use as well. I mean, somebody out in, you know, South Dakota wanting to do some lessons, maybe they don't have access to a trainer somewhere. I mean, it's, it's been really, really neat. And I think it's helped a lot of people um, kind of connect with trainers and give them some things to do. So um, that's another phenomenal thing. But yeah, people message me all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm very open and welcoming. So I'm always, I will always respond. I never not respond to anybody. So Super. Yeah, awesome. that's, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. It's it's a large country and, you know, you being from Minnesota, you know, it. You know, I'm sure that ride IQ show would have been nice back when you were young and <laughs> riding the snowbank. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Jumping snowbanks fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you, this has really been a pleasure getting yeah, to know it has you. Been. And uh, uh we just appreciate you coming on and, 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 and sharing so much great information. It was it was really a lot of fun for us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was nice to finally meet you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers!